Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, welcome into the Nick Bob podcast coming to you live from the AOI studios, a.k.a. my basement office. I absolutely love it down here. And when I was transforming my my office into the pod room i had a vision of what i wanted and you know what aoi made that vision come true the desk the design of it the chairs it all just looks great it's comfortable i love it and i've told you about the desk i've told you about the air on chair but aoi does it all whether it's construction or furniture aoi will help make your ideas a reality just like they did for me you got to check out aoi on the web, aoicorp.com. That's aoicorp.com. Or give them a ring at 402-896-5520. We have a long overdue, excellent podcast on tap for you here today. So with college basketball in full swing and all the the duties that I have and all the travel that I have with that, combined with Bo Rude's got a full-time job. He's also been traveling quite a bit. Uh, We just haven't been able to sit down to discuss the new football hires. So Bo and I have been, you know, we've been going back and forth, texting, okay, when are we going to be able to sit down? Because, you know, listen, it's been kind of quiet around the Nebraska football program for the last couple of weeks and and really last month or so, uh, except for the, 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 New offensive coordinator, Matt Lubick, and uh, Mike Dawson coming back. And so it's just been a long time since uh, Bo and I have been able to really sit down and hammer this out. We knew we wanted to find time to where like, we had you know, an hour or two to really sit down and get our thoughts together and get it out and share what, uh, what our thoughts are on the hire uh, to you guys. And the other thing, sometimes, you know what? You know what's not the worst thing in the world? It's just kind of like waiting and digesting and reading and thinking about something that just transpired in sports. We're so like immediate now that like something happens, you got to have a take. What's your thought? Is it bad? Is it good? Is it the greatest thing that's ever happened? Is it the worst thing that's ever happened? Like sometimes, like it's one of the things I've liked about the recap pod that Bo and I would do for for the Nebraska football games was we would wouldn't record until the next day, you know, and. sometimes it's hard to like have a game happen, turn on the mics and be able to provide perspective. Sometimes you need to like, wait a minute. So I've actually like, I've enjoyed being able to slowly digest my thoughts on Troy Walters being out, Jovan DeWitt being out, and then the hirings of Lubick and Dawson. So, uh, and I think Bo felt the same way. Now, of course, this uh, this pod goes off the rails uh, initially, so brace yourself with some nonsense. Uh, but, you know, I think you guys are really going to enjoy this. Bo and I go uh, about an hour on uh, what we think of the new hires for Nebraska football, because obviously it's important, you know? I mean, it's uh, your, your staff matters, uh, you know, clearly – you know, Scott Frost felt like they needed an infusion of of some different uh, blood into the staff, and they got it with a uh, with a guy that they're bringing back in Dawson, and then a guy that Frost is bringing back into his life in Lubick. Obviously, having those guys have uh, crossed paths before with each other at Oregon. So, without further ado, here is my podcast conversation with former 
all Big 12 Husker linebacker Bo Rude on the new Nebraska football hires. Enjoy. Inside the podcast room with one Bo Robert Rude, who is uh, who is shadow boxing as we speak. I feel like it's been a while. Last time I was here, I cried. There's a lot of crying. There is a lot of crying going on There's with the Kobe Bryant pod. By the way, if you haven't listened to that, I highly recommend you go back and listen to our Kobe Bryant tribute podcast. That's what you. Uh, that's what you need to do. I've been doing a lot of traveling. You've been doing a lot of traveling. So we haven't had an opportunity to touch on a lot of different things. We're going to get into all of the the new coaching hires with Nebraska football. But because we haven't been able to hang out a bunch, I mean, do you have two two things I want to touch on with you? The Super Bowl. Do you have like a hot Super Bowl take outside of J Lo and Shakira, or just? They be shaking that ass. <laughs> I, I offended people at dinner when I I hinted at like who's gonna win the ass off, and the girls at the dinner thought I was a pig. And I go, "What do you mean? Like you don't think that?" And then they all watched it, and as they started doing what they did, they looked at me and kind of nodded, like, "Yeah, this is an ass off." It was and a full fledged ass off. It's a full fledged. Who can shake their butts more? You, the, you're, you're. This is. The kind of stuff, kind of stuff you and I think of. The only thing, I mean, of course, I was fine with the the the, the performance, right? <laughs> oh, I like, know, I yeah, know you I was fine with it. <laughs> hey, Nick, <laughs> everybody knows you're fine with it. But what I what I Nick don't understand Baugh is appalled right now. Everyone's I gotta appalled. tell you, I'm upset with what happened. No. He has a tear in his eye. What I don't understand is so I appalled. always viewed this who performs at the Super Bowl halftime as a snapshot into who is really really popular in music and pop culture at that time. And I don't, J-Lo and Shakira aren't unpopular, but yet they don't, like, they don't, all their songs were from like 2004 and five. And Nick, Nick, that was, here's why I would argue that was one of the worst halftime shows. (laughs) All right, here we go. Here's here's why. Because you don't like Women doing stuff. No, I loved. I actually enjoyed the. I enjoyed it. It was fine. Uh, but there was no, there wasn't a good song throughout the whole show. It's like, how can you be performing at the halftime and and you don't have a good song? You don't have a hit. Right. Like, knew what the number one hit probably was? My hips don't lie. That or the. She will fit the clothes. You ever so, seen that music video? Oh, I have. I, I mean, have. that's like one of those that things. That was a like, college thing where you're just like, who is You that? turn that on in your cubicle. I had a cubicle at one point when I was in sales, and I all of a sudden you hear, and I was just like, I'm working on those TPS reports. She's a she at the club. Oh. That that's I, if that's the best song. She that's Wolf. a that's a bad. I'm not gonna lie, if I'm at a bar and She Wolf comes on, I'm kind of crunk. But I think Shakira. I like Shakira more than J Lo. Oh, if like right now in in the Marriott room, two twelve is Shakira, and in two thirteen is J Lo. <laughs> I'm going to two twelve hundred times out of hundred. What are you guys doing there? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say. <laughs> But okay, so your big thing was there was just there wasn't good songs. Not a good song. Here's what I would if I were. I mean, it's 2020. We're gonna have an election. I might enter myself into the race and run solely on Bruno Mars every Super Bowl until further notice. I feel like people be like, 
like I'd be like, if, as your president, the first thing I would do was make it so Bruno Mars performs at every Super Bowl. He's too good. He's he's too perfect. Good. He's, he's the perfect. That, he's he's pop. He's like pop, rock, soul, R and B, hip hop, all rolled into one. And old, new. A fifteen year old can love it. A sixty five year old can love it. Like that's hard. It's hard to be able to appeal yeah. to everybody. And he's got good. He's got good songs, but more than anything, he's just like the, he's a great perform. Like, like oh performance. yeah. So he's got the songs. He's got the performances, and it's like it's just mass appeal. What's he doing, man? It's about. I mean, twenty four karat mass. Shit was two thousand sixteen, two thousand fifteen. I mean, it's like yeah. I, that's a, some guys are about every you know three four years when you when you do those long world tours yeah that's the thing is like when you do it big time like you do a big time album you need to you need to take a couple of years off oh yeah you no you take you take you're the, just touring for you years. do a year in the states then you do like a year overseas hitting over everywhere. in london that's what you're doing <laughs> <laughs> but you 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 agree you agree with i mean it should be bruno mars every year uh that'd be my vote but yeah, so well, okay. The football game, any take at all? It was kind of a bad game. I thought it was a bad game. Been I, two straight years. Even the pa- the Patriots Rams was kind of like and another punt. There's just not a lot. There wasn't a ton of great. Like there's never a great offensive play. Maybe I don't know. It, it seems like there's. I know. I thought it was just an okay Super Bowl. It's there, there's sort of these plotting games where right. I mean, it was, it's, yeah. I think it's more nobody wants to make a mistake. Um, and it's like it's like if two. Price fighters win the ring and they like for like nine rounds. They <laughs> kind of were, they never actually hit each other. They just kind of like, you know, felt with the jab a little bit and they're like, ding ding, that's round 10. They're like, no one's landed a power punch or a punch. It did kind of feel like that, didn't it? That's what it is. What's and up then, with that? Because that's not, I don't know, that's not what you would think going in, you know, like, I, I don't know. I think it's just the way football is. And then that game, it's a little bit more, less penalties called so there's yeah I, I don't know i think it becomes a more of a defensive game okay and people are like what's this defense okay so that's your that's that's our super and that yeah. is nick and bo's recap of the super bowl and I'll, and I'll say this i'm glad the chiefs won i like mahomes i andy reed you gotta be pumped for andy reed he's rocking the stash oh any great. guy that's like i'm committed to the, you think he's committed to the stash for the rest of his life he's committed to the stash and calling everyone like man hey man you know, come on man man you're the man man if he shaved his mustache i bet he would look like a different human being yeah you wouldn't know okay so what you okay you're happy for andy reed you're happy for the chiefs but i felt there the least of the people I was watching was like, if you're not a Chiefs fan or a Niners fan, I don't know that anybody was like, we really love this team. We think this team is like special. And like, I felt yeah. like you could have put insert any of 12 teams in the league. And it was, they were all sort of like decently good and nobody was a great team. And I don't think anybody in that game is like, there's an element of like polarized, like you need to have, Someone needs to be in the game that makes you feel something. You know, like Brady made you feel something. Uh, you know, even like Sean McVay, the young hotshot, probably made you feel something. Like I just don't think like everybody on the Niners is like. You it, f- it didn't. It didn't feel like they were in. Like like to me, it's like oh man, this is the best team in the in the NFL. I thought it was like. You thought both teams were just okay. I thought they were just both okay. okay. There we go. Uh, and that's not usually how I feel about the Super Bowl. Did you watch the Oscars? Uh, five minutes of it. You're you're not an Oscars guy. I'm I'm not an anti-Oscars guy. Because I because Kim, my wife, just is like, 
loves the like that's her like idea of a great time is watching the Oscars, my which wife, is kind of weird. My wife enjoyed it too. I think it's because the outfits and the, the women love the glamour of it. Yes, and I mean any you know cutaway to like Jake Gyllenhaal, they're like, oh god. <laughs> But are we out of line? <laughs> oh no, we're rolling in, with it. We are what's rolling with in it. In these LaCroix. These LaCroix. Vodka. Uh, Crocs. We're getting crocked of these But LaCroix. what's hard about uh watching it, it kind of felt stupid when you watch the Oscars and you've seen none of the movies. I so you had no so like the only again, the no. only I was rooting hard for Toy Story Four <laughs> and I was rooting hard for Frozen Two. And so like the old, any any random you know category or, or 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 oscar that had included one of those i mean i was all in on it but other than that have you seen parasite no so that's why it's like when parasite wins and you hadn't seen it i'd seen once upon a time in hollywood and i thought it was really good so when that gets beat by a movie you haven't seen you're like and you can't understand even the trailer you're like well that's ah. i guess that's what i understand i was just going to say with uh parasite you watch the trailer and then even watch the clips from the Oscars of like, whatever. I have no idea what that movie's about. Like, nothing. I kind of want to see it now, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, clear. I mean, for it to, it won everything, you know? And it, I don't know that any of the movies were the directors who were in its best movie. Right. And maybe that's the sign of why it should have won. Maybe, it's, maybe it is really good. And, you know, like I loved Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but it's not Tarantino's best movie. Right. And so I feel like, same with Scorsese, Irishman was good, but it's not his best movie by a long shot. So maybe, maybe it was maybe, rightful. Right. I don't know. It was and then the thing that's crazy is that was so Brad Pitt won Best Supporting Actor, mm. and that's his first ever Oscar he's ever won as an actor. I don't think people have ever really taken him seriously as an actor. So that's. But it's just I think it's amazing. I think that's like, you kind of go, you, you hear that and you go, whoa. But then I think that illustrates how hard it is to win. Yeah. Like, it's really hard. I, I, looked at, I think Hanks has two. Meryl Streep's the only one that's like, ah, it's not hard for her. She does it every year. Right. But everybody else, it's like, if you can even be nominated, right. that's serious. All right, I'm going to steal a, there's a CBS College Basketball podcast with Matt Norler and Gary Parish I listen to that they do this thing called Trivia Time. Can you guess the two movies that Tom Hanks won an Oscar for? Philadelphia. Nailed it. And... You got it. It's not Forrest Gump, is it? Oh, it's Forrest Gump. Oh. He went back to back on that ass. Yeah. 93, 94. Oh. Back to back. Damn, I'm glad now, I... Think, think about, though, think about in 1994 when he walked off the stage winning his second Oscar. If you would have said over under Oscars, he's going to win for the rest of, you know, till 2020. You And someone would have said, you know, a half. You would have been, you would have bet your life. Yeah, there's been made another... a lot of good movies. Oh too, yeah, but it's, it, it's but but again, then... that's the point of like it's really hard to it win. It is it's really tough to win. Was Brad Pitt that good in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? He was such a movie star in it that I think people were, and I I respect this from from the Oscars is sometimes they overthink it and it's like who's the most dramatic and artsy fartsy gets the award. Yeah, I'm like. 
I think you got to respect that it's like this dude was the most movie star of all movie stars right. this year. Who who's just because that's the thing is you can like we've talked about you can talk shit about Tom Cruise all you want. Dude is just like when he's on the screen, he's a star. On he's the a screen. star, and Pitt was a star amongst stars. Right, like he's with Leo and Margot Robbie and right. you know Pacino, all these guys, and it's like. It was Pitt's movie, but that so I thought that was I thought that was interesting that that was his first. Just goes to show you how hard it is. Bro. I don't know. He, I don't think he's been nominated before. Yeah, I'm trying. I don't even know what other you know like. He's been good in a lot of movies. I don't think he's got a transcendent performance. No, not weird though. For like a great actor, he doesn't have like like Hanks has like you can just rattle off like a bunch of like great like yeah you know roles he's been. But, you know, I think some of Pitt's best movies weren't taken as seriously. Like, Fight Club was never taken seriously, but it was a it's an iconic role, yes. right? Um, I loved him in Moneyball. Like, I loved Moneyball. Moneyball, he was awesome. He was Moneyball. Billy Bean just eating popcorn, making deals. Just He was good now. Oh, he's fantastic. Yeah, was, okay, so should we man this whole thing up and get to football talk here? You like football over there? I like football talk. Okay, so... We were we were talking about how like it's felt quiet with Nebraska football. I think a lot of that is with the new calendar of the signing day getting moved up, so like all the hoopla is pretty much done by the time you're celebrating Christmas. Mm-hmm. There was some scuttlebutt about potential coaching changes. Here we are. I've gotten a bunch of people like, "When are you and Bo going to talk about the new coaching hires?" Well, here we're, let's do it. So Mike Dawson back, Matt Lubick hired, Jovan Dewitt. Out, he took another job with North Carolina. I think that seems like one of those things. Like it's it's good for him. It's probably not necessarily a death blow for Nebraska, you know. Uh, and and there you go. And yeah. then with, I want to start with Lubick, and with that conversation, start with Walters. Just with with him being with with him not being here anymore. Yeah, I, 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 you know, even reading the papers now, where you know, Sips kind of like it's it was it was a mutual, mutual thing. <laughs> I'm at Applebee's. Sip, uh, I'm at Cheddar's. Sip, tell me what what are you eating tonight, and uh, give me your thoughts on uh, the Troy Walter situation. <laughs> well, I'm at Chili's. I got an order of baby back ribs coming, and I got to tell you, we got to be careful with Troy Walters, but I think it was a mutual thing. <laughs> No, but that no, that's but that's how it's kind of been portrayed as like not yeah. a not a uh, it wasn't a firing, but it was it felt like it was. Here's hey, the interesting man. part: he, he just got another job, and it's with the Bengals. It's an assistant wide receivers coach, though. Assistant to the regional manager. Assistant to the <laughs> assistant to the regional manager. <laughs> uh, but but that's clearly a, a big step down from being. The but, offensive coordinator in Nebraska making eight hundred thousand bucks. Because I'm just telling you right now, I, I don't know what he's going to make, but it's not going to be much. Um, so, if like financially, so he's not head, the wide receivers coach. He's the assistant wide receiver. He coach. is Dwight Schrute. He's Dwight Schrute. He's not Michael Scott. He is a he. He is. He's not the assistant regional manager. He's the assistant to the regional manager. <laughs> no, I. But not, that is. But but that is that's a big. That tells. So it's one of two things. It's one he wanted to get to the NFL, and he's just like. Sorry, this is what I got to do. Or it's like that's just sort of where the, the cards shook out for him, which he just had to take whatever job. And, and I think as a coach, sometimes that's where you end up is like, I just got to take a job. And then next year is where I can, you know, I can hopefully find the, the spot I need to get to. Or it's like he moves his way up with the Bengals, which is maybe what he needs to do. Could but, be. 
Um, yeah, I think that that's kind of an odd one with, you know, with him and, and, and Frost and Lubbock, sort of how it, it just maybe there was, it wasn't the right fit for Troy in Nebraska or in college. Maybe he's I know. A, I don't, maybe he's I don't a know. pro coach. I don't know how to like sink my teeth into into Troy Walters, how that all shook out. I do think there is something to the ultimate, the 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 ultimate truth serum is the open market. For all the people that talk shit about Jim Harbaugh, let that guy let that guy hit the open market and see how long he's so you can yeah. sit there and be like, Jim Harbaugh, that oh really? Well what if he was uh, if if he was available, all but like Bama Clemson, all that like would be all over that guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, and Bo, Bo Pelini is always an example of like, if he wants a defensive coordinator job, he, he gets And guess it. where he's going. The national champs just said, we'll take you. LSU. Right? You know? So that, that always tells you like if you got, you know, as a, a play caller, you got the good. So I, I think you got to be one of two things, right? You can be a great recruiter. You can be a great like position coach coordinator. Or you can be both, which is like usually yeah. the greatest coaches around. But if... If you're not a great recruiter, you got to be really great at just being a coach. And and I don't know. I, I don't there was know something – I got the sense from listening to various recruiting people that I don't know if – and again, I don't like – I'm just prefacing this like I don't fucking know. I'm just going off of what I hear from people that maybe do know. Like that he wasn't maybe the greatest recruiter in the world. That he wasn't – his name wasn't attached to a lot of guys. You know, and I think – Travis Fisher and Ryan Held really were the two that stood out this year as like the guys that were their best yeah. recruiters. And I think, you know, I don't know if you're an offensive coordinator making that much money and you don't call the plays like you, I think that you, you maybe need to be elite at that. So maybe that factored into it. I don't know either. I'm just speculating. Right. Here. So, so. I, th- I just think like all we can go off of is like something clearly wasn't really clicking with all the wide receivers that were brought in. Like, nobody could really get onto the field. Now, I get it. Some of those guys are young and all that stuff, and it takes time. But the wide receiver is a position that typically, like, younger guys can get on the field quicker. Yeah. I, in Troy Walter's defense, that was a pretty bare wide receiver room that he took over. Outside of Stanley, not a lot of dudes. Yeah. The, the numbers were low. Remember, Frost always talked about how the defensive backs and the wide receivers were the lowest numbers of the position groups that they took over. And then the other thing that I was that I was thinking about is like because of injuries, guys leaving, Maurice Washington and his suspension all that stuff, Frost had to Frost had to take the best wide receiver, Wandell Robinson and move him to running back. Yeah. So so it also hurt Troy, I bet, you know, so now Troy's like yeah. the one guy he did have now was like in the running back room. So, I mean, but the, but the reality is, like, that position wasn't excelling. No, and nobody has anything bad to say about Troy Walters. Like, the, no. Like, you know, all those coaches, everything they've said is extremely positive. It just, it's, hey, we, you know, right now it's it's best for, and sometimes that's truly, yes, there are circumstances yes. where it's the best for both to have a fresh start, and it's just a better fit elsewhere. And that, right. I think, is the case where Troy's going to have a great opportunity now in the pros, and I think, you know, this this Lubbock is going to have a you know a, a good opportunity here. So there's a bunch of stuff with with is it Lubbock or Lubbock? Is it I don't I don't know. Lubbock? You want to go Lubbock of Texas? Lubbock, Texas. Okay. There there was a I I screenshot of this and I've been like wanted to talk. To, I wanted to kind of get into everything with this hire. There was a there was a story from Sip. This is the Sip podcast apparently that. 
The headline of the story is, it's easy to understand why Nebraska fans may regard Frost hire with skepticism. And I think the whole premise of like his column was, hey, there's not a lot of hoopla about this hire. Usually in Nebraska, when a new coordinator gets hired, people lose their minds, right? They Their imaginations run wild. They go crazy. And... I, and basically, the story is kind of like you, you can kind of understand it where there's been a lot of Husker fans that have maybe gotten burned before with freaking out over new coaches. For example, Bob Diaco, when he was hired, was supposed to be the second coming of you know the greatest defensive mind ever. Everyone lost their minds. That felt silly. Everyone lost their minds over Mike Riley to a certain extent. The people that are the Kool-Aid drinkers, they then feel silly. So I think there's like... There was there has been this this kind of like for Nebraska hired a new offensive coordinator and it's kind of like everybody's kind of like eh. but he, here's why that's why I wrote down why let's hear because I wrote down four things let's see what you think Scott Frost calls the plays that's it I think well I think it's a couple of things number one it's like I said they've been burned before I think a little I think Husker Nation is a little on guard with their emotions right now with with some of the stuff that has happened and then you just said it. I think people struggle to get all fired up over a new offensive coordinator because this is Frost's offense. Yeah. It's it's a little bit like what I regarded it was when Papuchis was hired as the defensive coordinator under Bo. Everybody was kind of like, okay. Well, Papuchis or Carl, it doesn't matter. Whatever. It's, it's, it's Bo's it's defense. defense. Yeah. So I think when but, that's the case. But, so when Bo's the head coach and he hires Sean Watson or Tim Beck, it's a big deal because it's like, oh, we got somebody different calling the plays on offense who is truly going to influence this this team more. So I think like if you let's say instead of Troy Walters being out, it would Chenander would have been out, and there'd have been a defensive coordinator hire. The, the there this play should be it would be buzzing. There'd be new articles, new stories, new stuff every day. People would be losing their minds, and the coverage over it would be crazy. Because they they see in their minds, they start seeing transformation. Yes. That's what it helps them. Like a new coordinator always helps them do that when it's on the side of the ball where they are in charge. But this is a situation where this guy is coming in, and he's going to be the glorified, like, he's the coordinator, but, like, Greg Austin's going to be the run game coordinator. This guy's going to be the pass game coordinator offensive coordinator and frost is going to put it all together and say here's what we're but doing. i think that's a huge part of because i just because I, I thought it was an interesting story wrote or yeah. sip wrote and i'm like yeah it is kind of quiet and then i thought like but that's easily understandable when you kind of think about it i also think and maybe this isn't totally true i think when basically what you said is totally true but i also think like when fans feel like they got the head coach right they got the guy they don't get as hung up on Everything else, yeah, it's it's been surprisingly quiet. That's uh, the more I'm thinking about, it, it's like, yeah, you're right. There's this been Nebraska. Say it out loud. Nebraska hired a new offensive coordinator, and it pretty much was like felt like news for a day. Ugh. For Nebraska, I mean, we're this is a place where people lose their minds over everything with football. Yeah, and it's also though I think the fact is this guy is a guy that he worked with at Oregon for years, so they're like. It almost was like an easy transition for people to understand because they go, this guy is now gone, and the guy coming in worked with Frost in this offense for years. And so it's not hard. Yeah. To, it's not hard to conjure up in your mind with the impact he's probably going to have. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's, it's it's it was like an easy 
transition to accept and you're kind of like okay well but it's 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 essentially okay so with all that said what do we what do we like about lubick 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 texas what do we well one they say he's a really good recruiter mm-hmm so do you know his dad was a longtime coach at Montana State, and then, and then he went. He was the defensive coordinator for those really good Miami Hurricane teams in the eighties, and early nineties. Like we're talking, yeah, yeah the 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 real like the real coming dudes. off the plane in fatigues, yes. looking for some. Yes, like he he was the defensive coordinator there, and then he was at Colorado State for you know. I think it was like 15 years, yeah. 12 or 15 years. And that's where he's really known in Colorado Springs. It's a, yes. He's a big deal. He's a big name there. So he comes from a, you know, a coaching family and, uh, you know, those guys are usually, they know their stuff because they've been. Like, I think that stuff matters. Yeah. They've, they've been around. Look, Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, that, that stuff, you grow up around it. It matters usually. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that was for, I mean, uh, recruiting. Then I thought about West Coast recruiting. He's been on the West Coast for a handful of years now. I mean, let me, I screenshot it, so I might as well just like read it because it is, you know. So, uh, Lubick was part of two conference championship teams, five teams that finished uh, the year ranked in the top 20 and four 10 win teams. In the three seasons, Frost and Lubick were on the same Oregon staff from 23 to 2015. The Ducks ranked in the top five nationally in both scoring and total offense each year, and they went to the college football national championship game in 2014. Uh, Lubick spent the 2019 season working in private business, but was Washington's co-offensive coordinator and wide receivers coach in 2017 and 2018. The Huskies won 10 games in each of Lubick's two seasons with an appearance in the Rose and Fiesta Bowls. Uh, I think in 2017, he was, he was, uh, the, the assistant, he was the, uh, top, uh, uh, wide receiver coach of the year yeah. and all that stuff. So, like, th- with all that said, like, this guy's got a pretty good resume. It's a good in- fit. For me, Then more than anything is, you know, we, we've been talking about fit today. Like, he seems like it's just an easy fit. It's a good fit. You mentioned West Coast recruiting. I thought that was a good point because that's not our strength right now. We really – Yeah, going to Florida. It's, and- we, got, we got a strong Florida presence. Mike Dawson's a little got that East Coast connection. And then, like, a lot of the rest of the guys are Midwest. Yeah. And there's really no, like, we got a dude that can go into California, Arizona, uh, you know, Utah, Washington, Washington or, yeah. Oregon. Those places, those places got a lot of talent. Like, more And what, what do, what do, ideally, that's where you go get your skill. Yes. And he's coaches a position where that work, like, it'd be different if, like, the offensive line coach had West Coast recruiting ties. It's like, eh, yeah. like, that's not as. That doesn't connect as well, but I mean, this dude—you can go get wide receivers out of Cali and LA, and all. You, you, yeah, all those all places. Those guys. Arizona's got a lot of talent. I mean, those are places that he's going to help a lot. He's got those connections built in. That yes, so that so that what that's you know, fit recruiting. I, I mean, the what I wrote down was like, I think there's something to like. Lubick knows what this offense is supposed to look like when it's really humming, mm-hmm. and. Him and Frost, they see things the same. They speak the same the same language. That matters. Like, because ultimately, I think what Frost is trying to create here is Oregon, not Central Florida. Yeah, like you know what I mean. Like that's the that's usually, and he was there. So I think that makes a difference. I think it's also good. I mean, he learned under Chris Peterson at Washington for a few years. And I don't care what anybody said. Chris Peterson with what he did at Boise State, and then like he's one of the best coaches of the past. 20 years. Yeah. I mean, he's not like an all timer, but when you're looking at when 
last 20 years, you're writing down the top 10 best coaches. He's one of them. Yeah. That makes a difference. Um, he strikes me as someone who could help take some things off Frost's plate with the offense while Frost focuses more on other things. Because he has, like, he, he under, Lubick completely, because he took over as the offensive coordinator when Frost left yeah. to go to Central Florida. So I think, because I, I, I do think Frost needs to start doing this. I think Frost needs to start getting involved in special teams more, being more involved in the defense, taking a more CEO role instead of just focusing on the offense and maybe having someone like Matt Lubick in there will give him the like the comfort to know, okay, Matt's got this. I can go focus on this maybe a little bit more. Yeah, I, I don't know where I read this. It might have been... And our boy Sip. Sip uh, yeah. at Chili's? <laughs> Is he at Chili's now? So did, what time does he leave Applebee's to go to Chili's? Three o'clock. Three o'clock is transition <laughs> time. Uh, yeah, bless, bless Sip. Oh, Sip's the best. Uh, if he was listening, he'd be dying. Uh, but uh, I think I read something about, you know, like giving away your, your play calling. And I think it was even Ozzy, Tom Osborne, that said, like, he doesn't think a coach should do that. Which was I, I, I was very intrigued by that kind of thought process from a guy like Osborne, who you would kind of think that would want to be the CEO type man, yes. but he actually was almost anti that. And I can't exactly remember what the. Do you remember what the specific reason was? It was more like you feel like you you get too out of touch with the flow of the game. I think is what he what he was saying. Yeah, Something I mean that like makes that. sense. I mean because you know what we hear you know what we heard a lot, and I'm not. I mean like. I'm not throwing stones at Frost with this stuff, but you know, we heard a lot in his post games. They would ask him a question about the defense or something. And he'd be like, I don't know. I was working with the, I was with the offense getting the next yeah. set of plays ready. I don't know. I was with it. It's, it's always like his, it seems like he was, his influence and his fingerprints were all over the offense. And ultimately Frost as a head coach, you have to, you got to be able to see it all. You got to be able to be involved yeah. in everything. But, but you also you can't call the plays if you're not ready to call the plays, and that takes more time and more and, effort than you would be able to do if you're just you know the guy just, that's just watching. Totally. You know? and, and I'm just spitballing here because again, we don't know. Like maybe maybe Frost would be more involved in practice with something else or in game planning with something else if he had someone in that offensive room that thought exactly like him. So that that's that's the the mark to me is is taking things off his plate in the preparation. That's what I think is huge with and, his hire. And giving him more time during the week and more time, you know, he's got a and, Frost and those, has a thousand things. Yeah, on there's his plate. just so many more things that he he can't be doing everything he he just you know he can still call the plays and he's going to still do more with the offense than he's going to do with the other things of course yes but it's going to free him up to spend that energy and some focus where it needs to go which right now is special teams and defense and so i actually think in that regard i love this hire yeah like i i, I love this hire do you think i mean with with the passing game you know, and him coming in and helping with it, there there was an element of like the passing game. I don't know route concepts and things well enough to be able to diagnose that stuff. Like it seems like the X's and the O's were fine. Is more about getting the Jimmys and the Joes that can separate and make plays. 
is that how you can? Uh, I mean, no, but, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go that far. I would say there was issues, not in the scheme, but in our players executing that scheme correctly. Right, like, right. not that they can't do it. Like, oh man, they just can't block. They're not strong enough. It was like they didn't know who to block. They didn't know what route to to run and when to run it. Mm-hmm. I think there was a lot of that. And then on top of it, there was just there times was a, like, there was can't get open, of, yeah. can't catch the ball. Because how many times can't block. you and I would talk about this in the recap pods all the time where it'd be like Spielman and Wandale would run a route and would be like three or four yards apart from each other. Yeah, that's a, there's a there was just a lot of that. And so, you know. So hopefully, I mean, again, hopefully, hopefully Luba can come in and like clean it up, clean all that stuff up. Because at least if it's clean, then we then it's OK. Who Who's. You know, hopefully our talent is better than other people's talent. Right. Because that, that's what we, we were beating ourselves last year, which is frustrating. So, yeah, because do you, do, you do you think Frost, when he sits down with him, is going to say, help clean this up? Or it's more like, hey, come with some new ideas? Probably a little of both. Okay. I mean, I don't think there's a ton of new ideas. I, I would say more than anything, he wants to clean it up. But I think this guy, from everything I'm hearing, is a guy that will help bring a new kind of organization right some people that's a skill there's they know how to organize things they know how to like how to you know maybe bring it all together so it's a little bit simpler right maybe that's part of what this guy's going to do so i i I don't know i think there's a lot about this that i understand why it's not getting a lot of hoopla because of all the things we talked about but I also think like when you really critically sit down and think about it, I think it's like a really uh, I think it's something that could really help. I mean, I think the passing game was a he- I, I th- honestly think a lot of the issues with the sure Martinez is a little inconsistent. The offensive line is still kind of building its way up. But this this offense's inability to consistently throw the football and t- and and throw the ball down the field created a lot of issues for the offense to get humming. Yeah. So like I, I do think there's there there's elements of this guy being able to come in and like address some stuff that really was problematic. Yeah. And, I, and the, the second part of that is we got some I think we got better recruits this year. I agree. Like until you see them you don't know, but there's no way these guys that are coming this year are going to – there's not going to be one or two of them that can help. Where last year, none of those recruits other than Wandale – like Wandale was the guy and nobody else could help from those young kids. And I'm just I, – I, I just got a sense that at least one or two of those guys this year can actually I, help. I totally agree. I totally agree. I mean, that Omar Manning, he's got to help. He's you know he's a big Juco kid. He, like He's here to play. He has to. I mean, there's no other reason for him to be here if he can't. All indications point to he's going to help and maybe be our best receiver right. pretty quick. Um, but one of those other young kids, I, I think, is also going to help too. And so I think the kid, the the prep school kid, I think his name is Lante Brown. Yep. Uh, the Bell West kid. The Bell West kid, if he gets his grades right and can figure it out, I, I think that's, you know, for him it's going to be, he's getting in here in the summer and like to learn a playbook. That's going to be his whole issue. Right. It's like to get on the field, he's got to learn how to. Right. I mean, I think in Bellevue West was probably like no, it's probably like just slant, go, and, and in or, his defense, that's high school. That's all you that's had to high do. School, you know what I mean? Like that's but like to you know this this JUCO kid, like he's he was at TCU and he spent two years at a JUCO. Like he's he's a man. He's now. more ready to go. Yeah, probably, probably. Yeah. Anything we missing with this high? Is there anything? 
No, I think we covered it. Yeah. Mike Dawson. Uh, Mike Dawson kind of looks like the guy that's always down to go get some wings. Doesn't he kind of look like? <laughs> kind of look like a guy that's just always down? Like he's like, "Where's Sip?" And we're like, "You're not gonna believe this." <laughs> he's at BW three. There's a there's a there's a ninety nine percent chance at some point over the next three hundred sixty five days, Dawson and Sip are gonna be at Buffalo Wild Wings. Just hammering some wings. I mean, sometimes they just run into each other. I like there. that though. I like that about him. I mean, he uh, he was obviously interesting. I mean, he was on the staff, then left, and was the outside linebackers coach for the Giants. Then they went through a bunch of changes, obviously, and so now it, it's crazy to yeah. just be back already. It, it's what kind do, of what bizarre. Like? I mean, it, the, I like that he got a year coaching NFL outside linebackers because you know I, I don't know if he's really coached that specific position group but he that's going to be great experience to take back with him um right. for these guys so I, I you know honestly it's good fine with me good hire he knows what what they're looking for they know what they got in him and yeah i think it's fine because he's got he's got recruiting ties where they probably need it that you know if we want to talk about the recruiting thing he he was dawson was the d-line coach and now, you know, and, and there is like an element of like certain defensive linemen pass rushing stuff with the outside linebacking stuff that oh, yeah. that correlate. Um, but that's an important when you've taught like that outside linebacker spot in this defense is like like they need him. They need Dawson to be like really good. Yeah, he's, he's got to get the most out of those guys. And that was a position where we called a weak spot right. last year for sure. No so. doubt. It's, but it's he a, and and does it? I mean, I think it probably helps that like some of these guys probably are familiar with him. Well, they're they're familiar with him, and he's familiar with the scheme. Like he, he's a, it's like Lubbock in a sense where Frost is going for continuity. Like he's bringing these guys in that he, they don't have to spend time teaching the coaches. Like the coaches know right. they're going to know the scheme, and so they're going to hit the ground running. See, and I think that stuff, and I know it didn't necessarily pay off the first two years. But just because something didn't work right away doesn't mean that it wasn't good. Like, I still think the continuity and not having to waste time coaching your coaches matters. Like, it's, you know, like how Frost brought his whole staff from Central Florida. I know that that didn't necessarily pay off the first two years in terms of the continuity, but like, that makes a difference. I mean, when you're having to, it's just like when you're having to coach your coaches. Hey, this drill, this is what I want. Hey, this is what I'm calling this. And hey, this is what when we, this is how we handle motion out of this. Is that like when you're not having to do all that stuff? That like you just, it's just what like the less crap you have to put up with or you have to deal with, just you you get better at everything else. Yeah, the stuff you need to work on, not just the basics. Like you, right, you can go to that. Do you no dedicated special teams coach was something I think we were we were. All kind of like, okay, what's going to happen with special teams? Are they going to hire a special teams coordinator? So what? It sounded like they were going to hire uh, Bill Snyder's son, and then he just took a job with USC as the special teams coach. Yes. So I'm a little, I'm a little concerned in this area. Like, what are they doing with that? I'm a little. I don't I know. Too, I don't. I don't know what the I haven't plan really is. Heard there. much, and it's it's surprising because it was such it was such a weak spot for our team, and it, I haven't really seen the emphasis on right what the plan is i mean they don't have a coordinate nobody's been named nobody's been hired no and i don't know who you know if it's gonna be 
I mean, how does this, you, you know, we've talked about this before, but like, how does, would this just be something that would be heaped on to someone else or would it be like, uh, everyone has to be a part of it? Like, how does that work? Like, I don't even know how that would work. Like, can I, can I ask you a dumb question? Yes. Could you have it be a scenario or does everything have to work in unison of like Barrett's in charge of the punt team and Ryan Held's in charge of punt return and could like like could you have it be that kind of thing where it's like the only thing you think about is this or does it have to be one coach is the special you like, can do it however you want to and and how did you uh we had a we had a a special teams coach um that was a that was a there was never a full time i've never had a full time assistant co- special teams coach in college in the pros they have full yeah. time but it bounced around but there was always like somebody sometimes was like kind of like punt team was one like hey, this is like this guy kind of helps with okay with punt all like so we just but but you know what nick I, I don't know that there's one perfect way i actually think though somebody needs to take ownership of it i like somebody kind of overseeing the whole thing and being responsible for so if, if that's Frost, then Frost is the special teams coach, and ev- maybe he'll divvy that up into sections. But ultimately, he's like, but see, I don't think he'll want to do that since he's calling the plays. That's a let's now. That's a lot on him. I mean, if you have no. to call the plays, you have to give up the, your offensive play calling to be the special teams coordinator. So he won't do that. But I, that, that's the part where I just don't know right now. I just don't know. They don't. They haven't named a guy that's on the staff. So, and I don't know if there's anyone in you. I. I mean, I just don't know if anyone on the staff has experience with the special teams that could take on that. Right now, because it's not going to be. It's not going to be Greg Austin because he's no. the run game coordinator. I mean, I just feel like if you're the O line coach, run game coordinator, and special team, that's a lot. Sounds like the line, Barrett and Dawson would not just because they. That's yeah, not they really got, something they've done before. Tony Tuioti. No. I, I don't uh, know. Um, Ryan Held. Held would be a, a, a maybe, but I would doubt that. Um, the tight ends coach is always a candidate. Sean Becton, yeah. But I don't know if he's coached that. So I, to me, it sounds like they're looking for a special teams consultant, and then they're going to divvy up because that guy can't be a full-time coach. See, that's it. And that's and what's that's tough. It's like, so now you're having the guy that is running your special teams can't. He's he's restricted in what he can do. I don't know if he can recruit. I don't think he can recruit. I don't. I mean, I don't know. Even, I don't know how that some of that stuff works. I mean, I think I know there are certain. I just know the basketball world where there's only like certain guy. There's only X amount of guys that can actually like be on the court coaching. Now everybody ultimately breaks this rule. Like, I think everybody's yeah. breaking these kinds of rules. But but nevertheless, like you have to adhere to it to a certain extent. And yeah. I don't know what it's. I mean, if you're actually going to have your special teams coordinator be someone that like can't be out there yeah, all the time. I don't, I don't know what know. that looks like. I don't know if they can't be out there or like what the restrictions are, but. Uh, to me, it looks like that's the route they're going, right. and they haven't found their guy yet. Which, you know, it doesn't matter. But spring ball is—it's coming in a few short weeks. Right, it'll be time, and you'll want that guy there for them because this is—that's the time. You, so was Bill Snyder's? It was his son or his nephew? Yes. It, his like, son. was he hired as like like he is one of their full? He was. They, they, that was the rumor. Yes, and he took a job with USC as their special, special teams, teams coach. 
So that's probably so that's the a next thing game. that I'm interested in, kind of seeing what gets uh, what the plan is there. Just as to what that's my, I'm with you. My guess is they're they're going to hire like there's going to be some, uh, you know some some analyst that's on staff that has restrictions that is in charge of the special teams, and that's where they go with it because I just can't see Frost taking it on, and I just don't know if there's anyone else on the staff that makes sense on paper to take it. But not right now. I mean, I don't know. I mean, they, they may do the divvy deal where they just, you know, everybody yeah, it, does one. And you would, I mean, and listen, everything can work, you know, like you can, I mean, you can have a special teams coordinator and it cannot work and you can have, uh, you know, divvied up and it can work. Like there's no one way to do it. I, I like but, having somebody that like really is all about special teams. Right. And sometimes though, like position coaches, they'll do it and they'll do probably a pretty good job, but like they have, they have their own set. They, of, yes. Like, I mean, when you're, if you're, you're getting ready to play. I mean, okay, so like, just throwing this out. You're Tony Tuioti. Yeah. You're coaching the defensive line. You got Wisconsin this week. You got a lot on your plate in figuring out getting your defensive linemen ready to go to f- slow down those guys. And then, oh, by the way, you also have to get ready for the, the their punt return, their punt, you know, like all that, you know, like that's just a lot. Yeah. Yeah, so it, I, it'll be it's a lot to, to do what, it all. I mean, that's why they would divvy. I think right. they'd say, you know, Tony, you do punt return, and right, you know, Sean Becton, you do punt, like you know, and so on, right? Yeah. And then they then you focus on that one thing. You watch that film. You do those breakdowns. You, you got to make sure you know who's you're. You know, three deep at every position, and you know you're you're responsible for a lot. Then it's just it'll a whole be interesting. Thing. I mean, because that stuff that. Like you said, obviously that that was such a glaring problem. Yeah, just dead. Not good anywhere on no. across the board. No, not not at all. So they're anything anything we're missing with the new hires and who's out. I mean, I think that's. I think we you know we touched a little bit on the outside linebackers, but th- that's just a spot that that's a spot that ha- I mean receivers and outside line they just have to get better. So I mean, I think it's understandable. That the the you know the the mutual separations were at those spots because it just there wasn't the probably the results. You if were you for I mean uh, like absolutely if you if if you polled Husker Nation and say which two position groups struggled, you'd probably be like wide receivers and outside linebackers. Yeah, and that was it. And where are their where are their new guys? Wide receivers and outside linebackers. And that's where you don't know if it's the coach's fault or not, but you kind of sometimes you go. It's almost. It's one of those things. That's that's why sports is. It's a. It's a. You know, it's a results oriented business. Mm-hmm. It, it whatever the reason is is. It's you know. I mean. It it, it, it is what it is. You know. Yeah. So Sometimes I don't. The clean start is what's needed. That's exactly right. That is, that is exactly right. So it has been quiet because I don't even know now. Like now, granted, it's usually kind of quiet this time of year, anyways. Like February up until the start of spring ball is always pretty quiet to begin with, but. This has been this has been really quiet, which maybe is good. Yeah, these guys don't need hype right now. They've been living in that world of hype every year, and the hype train is not hey, is not station right now. This is going to be. I honestly think this is going to be the least hyped season nationally and locally. That in a, I mean, I I honestly. 
I'm trying to think of a year that it, there would have been less hype. Because Nebraska football understands, they understand where they're at and what that schedule is. They all know. Right. They know that schedule's brutal next year. The last five games are brutal. Luke Fickle just decided to stay on with Cincinnati, and they're a top 25 team. Yes. That was supposed to be one of our non-con easies. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, good luck with that. So, I mean, because think you just go through in your mind of like each year, you know, Think about the years you were there. There always was a story you could tell, and why the season's int- like why the season could be like. Oh, you know, okay, so here comes year one of Callahan. What's this going to be like? Okay, so then you know, like oh yeah. six, you guys were good. Then oh seven, this is the, the returning Big Twelve North champs, and they're preseason top twenty five, oh, yeah. and they're you know like then oh eight, first year of Pelini. Oh, like each year there's something that you even you get to Riley. It's like year one of Riley. Oh, what's going to happen in year two? Year two, they won nine games. What's now? Are they ready to take off? Like this year, I think because we had two, we had two years that were very disappointing, and just like it was, just like we 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 just stubbed our toes so many times for two years that people go, oh, we missed we missed a great opportunity, and they all are aware of the difficulty of this third year, and so because Nebraska could be better, Nebraska could be a better team and finish with the same record. Yes. That's, much, that's that's I think an, they're going to be a they much be a better dramatically team. better team and finish with five if, wins. If they can if they can win more than six games next year, they are doing well. Because here because here's the thing, like you talked about with how that schedule f- finishes, the one thing they better they better hit the ground running. You know, they, like yeah. they better they better they better be playing good football in September and October. Yeah, early it, October. Yeah, I, I just I don't have right now, uh, you know uber confident that they're just that they that they are going to make the leap to handle that to handle that schedule yet like i i think and even by saying that that doesn't make me like you know obviously you don't want to get the game still matter and winning and losing matters but like i i don't know i mean i think like in my mind i can see a world where i just think you want to again this goes back to everything that's been talked about for the past couple of years i don't th- yeah, people want to see wins and losses, but I think the biggest thing people wanted to see was it coming along. Yeah, we got we got to be a better football team. Like we got to be a, better at football, at the details, at playing hard and playing when it like playing smart when it matters. I think that if we do those things and we get beat by a better team, like when you get beat by Ohio State and they're just better than you, you're just like you go okay, well, okay, yeah. But you just can't lose those like stub your toe to Iowa, stub your toe to Purdue and Indiana, just not show up at Minnesota type. You know, of, or like, be up seventeen nothing at Colorado and lose. You know, the, like stuff those, like those. If those, those, go, if those away, go away, and it's and Nebraska still ends up five and seven. Yeah, I'm not saying people are going to be excited around here, but I don't think it's going to be. I think that's the big thing next year. I do think it's it would be good to get to six wins just to like just to get that monkey off your back yeah. of like they're going to a bowl game. Yeah. But I think the biggest thing is we need to be in a, a year from now all in agreement that oh that team got better last year. That team was much better. That team improved and was much better against tough schedule. Get to a bowl game. If you can say those two things, success. You probably you probably take it at this point. And having that hype train really just you know the hype came one a year to like because that's the other thing too that'll make people like the in terms of the national hype the national hype train got burned by Nebraska last year because they anointed Nebraska as being the the deal and then it 
didn't work out. So now all the national people are not going to be pegging Nebraska. Yeah. So which in some ways is like it might help these it, guys. I think. I th- I think what could help these dudes is just having no attention nationally. Like they're going to have attention local, but even lo- locally right now. Like I, I'm real interested what. Bill Moose made a comment, I think, that like spring game ticket sales are going really well and all that stuff. I'll be interested to see what like what ultimately that looks like and what like yeah. all that stuff. I'm just this offseason is gonna be very, very interesting because I think it's not gonna feel quite like how it's felt. I think there's a lot of I think there's a lot of people. Not that they're all like I think everybody's still Vast majority of people are all in on frost stuff, but I don't think people are going to be ready to be drooling over themselves like they have in the past. Yeah, they. The one thing I that this coaching staff, you know, I think they're going to. It hurts to say, but they had such an opportunity to capture what was happening, and all they had to do is win a couple more games each of those years. I mean, like yes. two more games each of those years, and people would still be in that honeymoon phase with them it would never end. it would basically just the honeymoon would go on forever if they could just keep in that that's it. so true but we stubbed our toe enough those first two years that the honeymoon wore off and now people are kind of going it's kind of like they're worried that this oh no right oh no you know you could feel it you yes. feel that they're they've pulled back right a little bit i mean they're not out they're still in totally but they're not Oh, they're not in goo, the same goo, way. Yeah. in love. Like You're so they, right. Isn't it just amazing? Were. Like, if over the last two years, if Nebraska would have found a way to win both Colorado games, which is not crazy at all, they were one. They were they were one. <laughs> they would have found a way to who was the team that close came, Northwestern, close 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 Purdue, Northwestern, close Purdue, close so, Indiana. And then uh, why am I blanking on who was the team that came in here and uh, and won in year one when uh, injured bunch started? Oh, was it uh, not Nichols? It was like a oh god! It was Troy, wasn't it? Troy, right? I think it was Troy. Troy beat us. Yeah, so we so we lost like our, two so, of our, so so our first two. Is, yeah, you you beat Colorado both times. You beat Troy, and you. Find a way to hang on against Northwestern in year one. Maybe then you end up beating Ohio State at Ohio I mean, like, State. So I'm just saying, then it's a whole different world. So, so inst- I, and I'm, we're not saying they get to not, I'm like instead of year one, instead of going four and eight, they get to six or seven wins. And last year they get to six or seven wins. Every, the feel around here would be dramatically different. Yeah, if we go six wins and seven wins, which we should have done, in right. my opinion, with without almost doing anything else, just things went our way. We didn't stub our, our toe. Where it's we go six wins, seven wins, and I think the whole narrative, Husker Nation's drooling, like maybe recruiting would have been better. I mean, who knows the differences it would have made, but the feelings would have been different. It's with those three, four wins, absolutely, and and they're all games that it's not. You don't have to go. You don't have to get. You know, we're not sitting here talking about if Nebraska could have found a way to beat Michigan at Michigan. No, that game was an ass kick, and they were never going to. It's not like hey, you need to make these ten plays differences. Like just don't. Like fumble, don't get let that ball go over your right, head. At just the end something of the game. little, like, yeah. Like like don't hit the guy coming across the middle when it's fourth and twenty. Right. Like the simplest one play out of each game that ends the game. Those are the ones that we 
we always found a way to mess because up. it's hard. I mean, the thing that's hard right now is usually you can conjure up any sort of optimistic glass half full scenario as to why you think this team might win nine games or ten. It's hard to do that with this team right now. Yeah, we, it is it is hard to think about an, finding an article in July of someone being like the team. I'm Bill Simmons, and the team to watch in the Big Ten West, I think, is Nebraska. Like you cannot. Like I don't know how you would he, even. Here, here's if I had to make a make the case. Make if you the had case. To make, if I have to make the case right now, Bill Simmons, Bill Simmons here now making the case. Um, <laughs> offensively, you're you're getting Spielman. Wandale, and then adding a third or maybe fourth piece that can at least contribute. I think this Omar Manning and one of these other guys can at least functionally help out. So that's already got going to get better. It's got to get You can't be worse than the way we were receivers last year. Our quarterback play, we all can admit, probably regressed. I think that's going to, you know, that's going to improve in my Martinez is going to get healthy and you've got yes. to assume it. And and here's the other thing, even if it doesn't get better, you have other guys that have, you know, the, at least yeah. Vedral's played, McCaffrey's played. But Martinez is now he's going to win his third year like he is now going to like he should be feeling confident in just the sense of like he's gotten a pretty good amount of experience, right. which is going to help. Makes a huge difference. The offensive line should be a step up. And it Everybody's got coming that, back, and it got better. Like by the yeah. end of the year, it, it had gotten better. It, it had gotten better. So guys like Jurgens and got you know these fair enough, these guys are going to be better next year. Um, they're about I think they're about one or you know if they had one or two other guys is, you know, that I think are those young those freshmen that are talented. I don't know if they're ready yet, but it would really help to get one or two more guys to be able to really kind of solidify that line. But I, I think offensively. We should see some see some strides. The running back, God, we could use some help with for Mills. That's my thing. That's the only somebody's got to help him. Somebody's got to help him, and and that's where I I don't feel comfortable saying, yeah, one of these freshmen. I I don't trust freshmen these freshmen running back right now. I just don't. Yeah. Until I see him, I'll tell you when I see him. But I haven't seen him play, and until you do it, yeah. it's hard. Mills, though, I think Mills is going to elevate another because he his improvement was. From Amazing. game one to game, the last game was as good as anybody in the team. And I mean, again, I think like the dude that I imagine Wandale Robinson like with a year under his belt and yeah. So you, I mean, yeah, I mean, again, but it's don't just, forget about Wandale Robinson's on our team. I think that guy's Wan, really good. Wandale's a real, we've really, got really him. Good player. Spielman, you know, he, he'll do what he does. And yeah, he, he he's going to do what he does. But like, if you add that that if piece, Manning hits. They find a complimentary piece to Mills, and Martinez re- returns to what people thought you, he would be. Not being a Heisman, yeah. not being a Heisman guy, but returns to being like what we think he could could be able to do. Uh, then all of a sudden, then all of a sudden, you got a little scary something. again. You right. remember, like we people were kind of like Nebraska, you know, like yeah. Urban Meyer was like, oh my god, Nebraska's tough, man. Like right. that's what what we are when things are humming in this offense. So. I don't discount that that's still possible. We just gotta we gotta fill those 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 pieces. Um, and the defensive side of the ball, that's where I'm a little like this front seven. I mean, it's a full rebuild for the front seven. Like those front seven dudes. I mean, besides the inside linebackers who are there's those guys are gonna be the veterans. That spot should be 
Better. Better. Should be solid. But all of a sudden now, you know, it's like the big big Daniels gone. Like three big downs and two outsides. I mean, we gotta find five new guys to play those spots. JoJo will play his uh what's that the what do they call that position his? They got oh, a special name for it. Um Start of the Z or Yeah, I know what you're talking about though, but yeah, yeah it, it's like the revert it's like yeah. the nickel almost, but um it's that hybrid spot. So he'll play that, but they really got to find two other outside linebacker DN pass rushers and then three big down dudes and then somebody to sub in for those dudes. Because those guys don't play. So anymore. the reality is that, like, when there, you know, there are more questions than answers. Yeah, the defensive front seven is what scares me. Actually, more than the offense, the defensive front seven. Right. I mean, so we'll see. It just, I, in some ways, you know, everybody should brace themselves for, for a pretty quiet handful of months here. But I also think that's maybe good. Maybe maybe quiet and no hype is what this what everyone needs. It'll be fun to see spring game, though, who, who kind of looks different than last year. Yeah, I'm excited for the spring game. I am, too. More than I, I, this year, I'm excited to see who looks different because... It's it's that this is a development. It's developmental time more than it ever was. Like let, right. I don't think that was the case as much last year. These guys were either just too young, where it's like they weren't going to be ready. But now it's like some of these dudes have had now two or three years to yeah, like, like it's time be in the system. Like who's going to show who's up? Who's popping? Who's looking like it? And, and I mean that's Martinez. Watching Martinez. I mean, I hope he looks different because you know what's funny is like you bring up the development like. People say Nebraska has to be a player developmental pro, a player development program, right? Yeah. But everybody says that, but then people are also, and I'm speaking in generalities, which is a dangerous thing to do, but like people also want to write off players if they don't hit right away. And that that's kind of like you can't have it both ways. Like either, you know, there's some like people are ready. I mean, we around here just move on from people. Like if they don't, if they don't splash right away, people are like, yeah, that guy sucks. He's a bust. Yeah. And so it's it's weird. It's like well, either this is a player development program and you have to exercise some patience with people and allow them to develop, or you like you, you kind of it's hard to it's hard to have have it both ways with that. Yeah, I mean, it used to be you wait three or four years to get your chance to play, right? But it's amazing how now, like, if people if people don't make a splash right away, like uh, who's the who's the the great safety uh, that came in Noah Polagates? Yeah, oh, people have just like moved off him. No, we don't need him. Or we got this guy. Now, oh, this no, year no, no. From... Paul Gates is good. It's like, well, what do what do you mean? Like, he he's, came in as a freshman. He's nineteen. He's yeah, nineteen. Yeah. Like, who? You know who might be really, really, really good next year? Noah Paul Gates. Or maybe he needs another year. And may, and uh, yeah, or, get, or, yeah. or two. You know, it's like you know who still could end up being like a great player at Nebraska is Noah Paul Gates. Yeah, some guys. But just people take, don't want to let like people. Just some guys like, take longer. Yes. It's just that's it's just I don't know how to explain it. Like the the great ones maybe don't, but like not everybody is. I just be don't in the think people understand that. First of all, the the step up from high school football to college football, there's a a non negotiable level of physicality and strength you have to have to be able to play. That can take time for people, mm-hmm. and then like just the the difference of like being able to kill in high school football and have that translate to college football right away is just hard to do really hard it's it's hard so i decided i thought i the player developmental thing it's like people we we write off people fast around here yeah i 
I, I think the 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 part that's it's so weird is is those we have we have this team that's maybe not deep enough. So there's that. There's that. Well, shouldn't then he be playing yeah, right now? Yeah, and I understand and I, that. And I and I I don't know what the right answer is because some guys, if you play them before they're ready, all you do is get them hurt and ruin their confidence. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, um. I understand. There's. A, I don't I know. understand that when you're not don't have the depth in theory. If you're not then guys physically would, ready to play, it's like I guess that's my thing. With all like you, you do is just go out there and just get your butt kicked. I mean, if like you know, I mean, you know who might be really good? Nick Henrich might be really good next year. Yeah. You know the Burke the Burke. You know, like, but that's a position that like he probably needed to get stronger. You know, and then he got hurt. And but there, you know, there there could be some guys that like. A year ago, everybody was drooling over Noah Pola Gates and Nick Henrich and all those guys. And now people are like, oh, oh, yeah, I forgot about him. It's like, yeah, some of these guys. But, like, but uh, to your point, we'll wrap it up with it. Like, when the spring game comes, like, you better, when me and you do our spring game recap, like, we better have, like, almost too many guys to be like, boy, that guy looks different. That guy looked good. Yeah, we'll boy, maybe he, have, like, we'll have, like, yeah, the biggest movers. Like, the guys yes, that made the biggest the leagues biggest, we've Like, seen. We, we, you better have, it, it, it better it better look like that. We're at an hour four and four minutes, so we better wrap it up. We started with Shakira She-Wolf, and we ended with Noah Pulligates. Now, tell me, tell me that that's not covering it all right there, all right? That is covering it all. I feel good about it. I feel pretty darn good about it. Okay, well, uh, we talked about it before. We ended up not doing it. We got to we got to fire up the wine pod. We got to. You and I have not had a glass of wine together since the last wine pod. When, oh, New Year's Eve, we went out and got a few drinks. That's right. When's your next? Uh, when's your next? So I'm going. To, I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to L.A. to do a little studio this weekend, and things slowed out. Like the back end, I'll have, and then I come back, and I have. Uh, Four or five days at home before I have a Creighton TV Fox game. So we'll have time. When I get back from L.A. on the 17th, we'll have time to, uh, drink, to, a, to drink, drink a wine. bottle. Oh, God. Get that vino flowing. We got to figure out what we want to talk about during this. I don't know if we want to fire up a mailbag for it or what we want to do. We got to figure out what we want to do during this. Uh, this Shakira podcast? The Shakira <laughs> podcast. The, 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 the tribute to She-Wolf, the music video. How? <laughs> And that came from my cubicle <laughs> in 2009. <laughs> Don't come to my cubicle. <laughs> Nick, we've pulled your IP computer. <laughs> You've watched She-Wolf 400 times. Oh. Nick, I'm sorry. We're going to have to let you go. <laughs> That's an unacceptable amount of time. Oh, man. Well, here's the thing. We'll wrap it up because I want to go watch the She-Wolf video now. It's been it's been a long time since I've watched She-Wolf. Why don't you turn it on right now? Let's get out of this. Place. All right, let's wrap it up. I'm going to go watch She-Wolf. All right, everybody subscribe to the podcast. Go watch She-Wolf. You know the drill.